Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, we've got uh, uh, interesting stuff coming up on CarCast for you today. We're going to talk the new Porsche GT3, new McLaren, and a handful of other things. And uh, before we get started, uh, you know that Dodge has officially opened orders on the new 2021 Durango SRT Hellcat. This is the most powerful SUV ever. This thing is nuts. Zero to 60 in three and a half seconds. It's exclusive for 2021. It features a 710 horsepower engine. It's got a new aggressive exterior styling and a new interior with a driver-centric cockpit. And all buyers will receive a full day of pro instruction at the Bondrant High Performance Driving School. Deliveries begin early this year. You'll definitely want to go to that driving program as well. It's a lot of fun there. I've been there before. And, you know, Dodge has been ranked number one in initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com today to schedule a test drive. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. Our buddy Gil, Bill, Gil, Gil, Bill Goldberg is, uh, uh, he's taking a snow day. Actually, he, um, he he got a text in or an email in like 3.30 in the morning going, hey man, I, I'm on day four of no power in Texas. And you guys know he's got that ranch, so he's just like running around and uh, trying to Try to keep all of his animals alive. <laughs> I, I know he's got a bunch of them in the barn with jackets on, and 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 uh, it's just uh, it's it's kind of a big mess uh, out there for him and for like a lot of people. I I uh, I understand uh, uh, it's it's difficult. So uh, I feel for you guys, but well, welcome Bill back. Hopefully next week. I couldn't imagine a week and a half without power. Um, but uh, let's welcome Brad Fanshawe. You guys know Brad. He's uh, is my longtime co-host on Shift and Steer. He owns Bond, Bond Speed Wheels, uh, car designer extraordinaire, just all around neat guy. You're neat. Hey, Matt, how you doing, man? <laughs> hey, it's good to be on CarCast. Sorry, it had to be that uh, that uh, Gil Gil yeah, Gil, uh, Gil Bolberg, <laughs> Gil is, Bolberg. Um, is down there freezing, and his jackalopes are all. Uh, you know, uh, being frozen, but man, it's crazy. The weather has been nuts. Texas has got, I mean, unbelievable weather. I've never, never heard of it like that. He, he was, he was on the show and he was like, it's 70 today. And then four days later, he's like, it's, it's, I don't know, 11 or something. And he was just like, it snows just everywhere. And, but the power outages is, are the, are the tough part for sure. You know, um, yeah. uh, you know, we, we get that a little bit out here in California. Um, I, you know, no, we don't. I, I live Southern I, California. I well, we, power outages, not the weather. <laughs> oh yeah, power outages we get all yeah. the time, but, but we don't have to worry about freezing in them. And from a car guy's perspective, I know there's a lot of people suffering, but if we take just the car guy's perspective, I talked to a customer in Houston, and he was freaking out because he said. I got to get out to my garage and do something. None of my cars have antifreeze in them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was like freaking out. Yeah, I, I guess that's a good point. I I know that uh, once the the dust settles, if you will, over uh, over in Texas and Goldberg Land, uh, we can get into uh, 
his his truck a little bit more, but he did manage to get his Dodge TRX loaded up and sent to Florida at the last minute. Like he sent me a picture of the truck frozen, covered in icicles. <laughs> and uh, but the timing, I think he just got lucky on everything. So, Brad, what we've been talking about in the past few weeks is uh, Goldberg o- ordered a Ram TRX. And yeah. he got a launch edition, um, and uh, and and Dodge, the guys over there at, at Ram and whatnot, they surprised him with a VIN number ninety five, which was his NFL number. Oh, very which is very cool. cool. And uh, and before the weather rolled in, right when he got the truck, he had it for a day, and he sent it to Expel, and they did a full treatment. They did a full uh, satin wrap. On uh, on the paint, a different type of wrap on all the graphics, uh, and then ceramic coated the whole thing um, on top of the wrap, and then you know he drove it for a day, and then it froze outside, <laughs> it covered in ice, and then he finally got a, a, a transport to get it down to Gearhead Fabrications. And uh, I know uh, you and I have talked about on on shift and steer a few times, uh, most recently about uh, Kevin Hart's. Car right, his uh, his Speedcore oh, yeah. uh, Charger. Sure. Um, well, Speedcore teams up with Gearhead Fabrications out of Florida to do the engines, and they make some pretty high horsepower engines. I I would say they're mostly known now for the Mopar stuff, but they do other stuff as well. And they're building uh, Bill's fifteen hundred horsepower twin turbo Charger, his uh, late model Charger, and um, uh. Bill's going to be coming out working with those guys a a a Goldberg or Goldberg Garage edition uh, power packs uh, stage one stage two power packs for different Mopar vehicles. So they're going to be experimenting with this Dodge TRX on all of the upgrades. Stage one is just like pulley and a tune, um, and then a stage two and a stage three. And uh, so the first step is getting uh, that truck from whatever it's supposed to be, 710 horsepower, up to about 900. And then it'll go up a little bit from there. And they've already started working on it. I really wanted to get into this with Bill, but uh, uh, but he's not here. But before he sent the truck out, he upgraded the 35s to 37-inch tires. And and we talked about how they – you know, it's good. They it fits It fits well. I guess with the 37-inch tires, uh, Gearhead got the truck and immediately just rolled it in, put it on their chassis dyno, and they made a corrected uh, horsepower rating of 615 at the rear wheels. It was like 693 or 697 and corrected as like 615. That I gotta look. You, you tell me. You've you've done more of of the dyno testing probably than I have over the years. I mean, we always used to say twenty percent drivetrain loss, and then as cars got modern and a little bit more efficient, we were somewhere around the fifteen to eighteen range. So, if if you think of a truck that big with thirty-seven inch tires, t- saying twenty percent is probably still conservative. It could be twenty-two percent drivetrain loss, but at a twenty percent drivetrain loss, a factory TRX is making seven hundred and seventy horsepower at the crank. Like yeah, those trucks are badass. Uh, it is, and, but people don't realize the 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 impact that uh, you know the the taller the tire you go, it's really going to make a change. On Not it. to mention the weight. 
Yeah. Well, that's the thing in the wheel industry that we talk about all the time is these guys that put on, whether it's a truck or a car, and they put on these massive cast aluminum wheels, that yeah. rolling weight, it really impacts. Guys start complaining about brakes wearing out and their truck not stopping as quickly or their car not stopping as quickly. All those things got to be considered. I mean, we learn a lot from racing and you should take it to heart when you're building something like that because it's going to it's going to make an impact. Yeah, well, for sure. Uh, well, speaking of uh, Dodge, let me just remind you guys, Dodge was ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand to be ever ranked n- number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer. Visit Dodge.com to schedule your test drive today. It was a, it was a busy morning, and I'm already like kind of losing my words here mix mixing my words getting gil bolberg mixed up <laughs> <laughs> hey it's early out here in california it, it, it is kind of kind of early i said brad to text at like seven in the morning I'm like hey what are you doing at nine plenty of time jumping on this podcast um so a few updates on some things first of all we'll get into the mat cave because uh just a couple little updates on that um First of all, it's, it's funny. It's like I moved a bunch of stuff recently, help uh, uh, move an apartment, and I used my truck for that. And then when I was done, I was like, you know what my truck really needs is some tie-downs because <laughs> I, I don't have any tie-downs in the back of that truck. It's a 95. Like new trucks seem to come with so many tie-downs. And so on my way here, as I was texting you, Brad, I was like, I got to make a quick stop over at Gallup and Autosports. And uh, I, I just called them and I was just like, I need some tie downs in the back of my truck. I'm going to drop it off at eight. I'll pick it up at noon. Figure something out for me, please. And they said, sure, we'll, we'll take care of it. Now, when you say tie downs, Matt, you mean like somewhere to attach a tie down. Yeah, right. Yeah, I need, I need some D rings or, or, or some sort of hooks. Like you could use uh, somebody's calling. Who's that? Is that you, Brad? Yeah, I even muted my phone and it's coming through on my computer. Sorry Who's, about who that. Who calls you that early? Uh, People call me all the time. <laughs> hey, um, what's weird about that is that when you think back as the older the truck is, wouldn't it have that? Because that's when guys use trucks to be trucks instead of what people use yeah, yeah, yeah. trucks for now. You know, now they have everything you need to tie down. But yeah, don't be that guy in the freeway that didn't tie it down and everything's on the freeway, you know, yeah. instead of in your truck. So, you know, I've got the power tonneau cover on the back, um, right. and it, it sits kind of above the rail. It doesn't exactly cover the the stake bed holes, you know, but it, it kind of butts up against them. And plus, I, I looked at a few of, like, the hooks that would go in those, those stake bed holes, and um, they don't make anything that's kind of cool and flush looking like they do on the modern trucks. And I actually had a hard time finding anything that would fit that truck anyway. And and I looked at some rail systems on uh, you know you can put on the sides, but my electric tonneau mm-hmm. cover won't allow me to do it because that's oh, the yeah, rail that's rail the rail for the tonneau. And uh, I just I called over to Galpin. I talked to uh, Tommy over there. He's been doing a lot of work on the truck, and he said, "No, no, we got you figured out." He goes, "For the older trucks, he goes, your bed is bolted to the frame with six bolts." 
And I said, yeah, yeah, and I got uh, Linex on the whole thing. He's like, yeah, we just uh, we just grab a little razor blade. We trim around the bolt where the Linex is. We unbolt the six bolts, putting your bed, hold the bed down, and we put a D-ring in there. And he said, believe it or not, um, just a, a factory uh, Dodge uh, D-ring uh, from some late model Ram truck, he said, works perfect. And I said, I said, oh, order me a set of those and let's give it a try. He's like, everybody comes in for these. I've got like 30 of them on the shelf. <laughs> I was like, all right, so let's just get it done. So I, I, that's what they're going to try to do. Now, the caveat to every one of these old trucks is that they say, hey, we get this done pretty quickly. Give us a few hours unless the bolts don't come out. <laughs> you know, and what what you start getting into, and it only takes one, right? I can show up there and be like, we've got five D rings in the bed of your truck, because that bolt there, that's not happening. And uh, so the, I I I talked to the guy and I said, look, I just need to get some tie downs. I've got the tonneau cover and I got the line X in there. Most of the time, it's covered. I said, so try to do the six uh, bed bolts. Um, or improvise, and I'll see you in a couple of hours. <laughs> so who knows? There's going to be something welded into the back of the truck. I was going to say, it's when you come back and the bed's over here, and they're going, yeah, we had a little problem, and yeah, you know, everything. <laughs> we'll, we'll get it back to you in a couple of weeks. Right, yeah, we've got a, we've got a, we've got to manufacture some parts for you. Um, and the reason why, so I was moving, I was moving a bunch of stuff like mattresses and some furniture and i was like none of that stuff i don't you know it's not a big deal we, we don't need to tie that down but now that i'm moving into the to the warehouse i gotta move my engine over there the new engine now i definitely want tie down so when it came to furniture and a bed i don't care but uh yeah. now when it comes to the expensive engine i gotta get that thing tied down uh oh get it tied down uh securely um the other update is uh, my friends over at Eastwood. Uh, everybody loves Eastwood, right? Because they've they've got all the great pan, uh, uh, you know, the the cans of paint and the chassis black and uh, the self at home powder coating systems and and all that stuff. But one of the products that they've been promoting that I was just sort of fascinated with was their rotary engine uh, air compressor. This is the quiet air compressor. This is like the sixty decibel. And just as where we are with with some modern technology is, uh, uh, you know, put that thing. You can put it inside your garage, inside your warehouse. And the idea would be like, hey, what if someone's up in the mezzanine of the front office and has to make a quick phone call? Can you still run the air compressor? How loud is it going to be? And they seem to have a pretty quiet system that uh, that uh, I picked up, and I, I I believe is going to be able to arrive uh, tomorrow. Um, I got a call from the shipping company saying, hey, we got an air compressor on your way. Now, honestly, I, I talked to the guys at Eastwood. I don't actually know what they're sending me. They just said an air compressor. It could be the big old school loud as hell air compressor, in which case we're, we're, we're gonna, it's going to be used sparingly or, uh, or, or what. I, you know, these, this is kind of like a warehouse condo like you got over by you, Brad. Um, uh-huh. But, uh, it started off as one giant building with multiple roll-up doors, but be, so they can change the size of the units. The wall between, you know, the left and right sides from my neighbors is just drywall because the guy comes in next door and I can hear him playing his music, right? So that's just drywall with some beams in it. You can see like the round 
posts that are there. The front wall is is block, and the rear wall is all block. But the sides, you know, it's meant you you want to knock it down and blow it out and make four thousand square feet or six thousand square feet. You can. Um, so the idea of having a loud air compressor, you know, in there while the guys next door are even on the phone or something is would be. Uh, a little tough. So we'll see what, what arrives, but we've got that on the way. That's a major thing though, because when you're doing a big project and that air can air compressors running constantly with air tools and stuff, it can get, I remember the first one I bought, you know, years ago, I bought one at Sears and I bought a big one. It was on rollers and I used to roll it from this shop here at my house into my main garage and run an extension cord uh, or I run the air hoses, I mean, yeah. into here where I was working so that I could put the other garage door down. It was so loud. I mean, you would just go nuts, you know? So, you, yeah, you got to have the quieter, the better. And uh, those that, that makes a big difference. You know, when uh, when we moved into the big shop here over where uh, Adam Krola's cars, over Sean's working on the cars, we got the, the buildings. For some of you guys that came out to like, hey, you know, like a Corolla drinks barbecue or um, we did like the tour of – of the garage prior to our Peterson Museum thing. You guys remember there's sort of the two buildings. There's the back race shop. It's a, I don't know, 4,000 square feet. And then there's uh, the side of the more like the car museum area. In between the two buildings, when we got the buildings, there was a big cement slab, like a couple inches off the ground with this huge old school industrial uh, air compressor on it. Like, you know, the size of an ATV, right? It's just massive. And next to it is a giant tank. Like, I don't know, f- huge, like floor-to-ceiling tank. And it's a badass old-school system. You talk about, like, old-school, uh, um, you know, metal shaping machines and big saws and stuff that just kind of last forever that are 100 years old. Um, you know, nobody, nobody – Loves that stuff more than our buddy Aaron Hagar, right? Like just just the patina <laughs> on the machines is 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 as important to it's him rusty. as he loves uh, yeah. And uh, so it's got a badass air compressor on it, but even on that metal slab, you fire it up and the building shakes. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just it's just so huge. The um, motors on those old ones look like a motorcycle V twin or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, and it, it's I'm telling it, and it's a big it's a big unit, but it's just. It's just so loud at that point um, that it's it's kind of crazy. So I'm looking forward to testing out this new one. And then uh, I've been chatting with the guys at Metron Garage about the mezzanine idea. And uh, as I told you guys, I, I wanted something that was sort of freestanding. You know, you just attach it to the ground, nothing permanently fixed to the walls, uh, even something that I could disassemble and move. And uh, and they sent me over a sketch that looks pretty good. It'll be about um, about two hundred. I want to say it's ten by twenty two, so two hundred and twenty square foot mezzanine. And uh, we'll have seven foot of clearance underneath it. Um, it has a, a, a thick wood up on the top for the floor. Now you can put something else on top. You can do some carpet squares. You can do. You know, a tile, wood, linoleum, you know, these days you've got the the fake wood that's kind of just like a like a linoleum tile that looks really good. It looks like actual wood or 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 tile or plank or whatever, so it's easy to lay that down. But theirs is actually pretty good. It's not just a plywood, they use a thicker wood up on the top and looks like a badass system, so we're gonna see if we can get uh 
get that going. Um, and then the last piece uh, that I, I wanted to tell you guys about, and uh, Brad knows about this, is the guys at Levrack. And I want to get into this a little bit more um, as I get it. But the Levrack storage system is uh, – it's giant hanging shelves. And and they're, they're four foot deep, seven foot high. You can load them up and then you can slide them back and forth. So if you need to access – so to take up less space, imagine you're – you're in your closet and you've got a bunch of shirts hanging and you move your shirts back and forth, you know, on the hangers. That's what the shelf system is like, which is kind of cool. So you can access one and then when you get to, you want access the next one, you just slide one over and you can get in. So you don't need to walk around space for tons of shelves, which take up so much area on the floor. This is a cool hanging system they're going to put along the back wall and attached next to it will be a long workbench, like an eight foot long um, uh, like industrial workbench. I can change the height. It's got some LED lighting. So uh, I think those guys are going to come out and help me install it as well. They're in Nebraska and they're freezing their ass off. And they're like, hey, how about we come on by and help you install it? I was like, oh, that's very generous of you. They're like, we just want to get the hell out of Nebraska for a little while. <laughs> I don't blame them. It's yeah. miserable. Yeah, well, that, that's that's like your hometown. That's, well, that's your- you know, I went to high school and uh, in college in Nebraska and – it looks like these guys are uh, either in Omaha or Lincoln. I, I couldn't pick it up. I mean, they're just south of there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's miserable cold. But they've got a great system, man, because what they did is they're maximizing space because instead of having those cabinets end-to-end where they take up a whole wall, like you said, it's they took from the business world these – vertical cabinet systems where they can slide them over just enough to walk in. So if you had multiple projects, like I I think like if I had my, all my parts from my Camaro here and all my parts from my Chevelle here or, you know, whatever you're working on. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a really cool system. I can't wait to see what they uh, put in there. I might put it in uh, one of my, either at my uh, workshop or at my home shop. I mean, you know, it looks really cool. Yeah, it looks like a pretty cool system. And up on the top, it it has like a pallet uh, uh, a shelf so you can store stuff on top of it as well. And again, like, again, the theme here is everything is modular so I can add to it. I can make it bigger. I can make it smaller. I can go higher. Um, and the whole thing is mobile. It doesn't need to attach to anything. I can just put it on the ground and, uh, and then later move it out later. So anyway, I'll get some updates on that stuff. I'll post, uh, I'll post pictures of the sketch for the mezzanine up on my social media. And, uh, as this stuff moves along, I'll give you guys some, you know, I'll send you some more stuff, give you some updates, post some more photos and tell you what I think, you know, how does it work? Does the lighting work? Do the shelves move easily when you add a bunch of weight on them? Do they still work well? You know, I just want to give you guys some information in case you're interested in any of that kind of stuff. Um, All right, so let's get into some car news as well. Of course, the big news that we teased last week was the debut of the Porsche, the new Porsche GT3, which which absolutely looks fantastic. This is the uh, this is based on the new 992 platform. We've seen the Porsche Turbo, the Turbo S, um, uh, the 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 new 911 variants, basically, and uh, and the Porsche GT3. Now, this actually caught my attention because it wasn't that long ago. 
uh, what was it, beginning of January, that uh, Adam and I went to Vegas and we raced a few of those cars at Speed Vegas. He got in the GT500 and the Ferrari 488, and then I was in the Ferrari 488, and I got into the Porsche GT3. They had a GT3 and a GT3 RS, and the guys there were like, yeah, yeah, we understand that the RS is sort of the the racing version, they said, but we actually like the GT3 better. The seats are more comfortable. It's a little bit easier to drive. It's just as fast. And I said, hey, I trust you guys. Let's do it. Let's jump into GT3. Turn the air conditioning on and uh, and, and hit the track. And it is, it is amazing. So pretty crazy to think that this new GT3, when tested around the Nürburgring, it was 17 seconds faster than the most recent GT3. The GT3 from just a minute ago, basically, uh, this is 17 seconds faster, and it ran a 6.59. So anything under that seven-minute mark is is amazing. The engine is basically straight out of their cup car. It's like a, it's barely of a detuned version of of. As you say, this thing cars. is practically a race car with air conditioning. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like- and you saw the pictures of it, right? It's kind of cool looking. It's yeah, got some interesting I like the arrow. Vents on the hood. Yeah, the vents on the hood are cool. Now you can get it with the PDK transmission, or you can get it with a six-speed manual. Um, that's uh, that's pretty badass. Um, like you said, on the leading edge of the hood, it's got these uh, these air vents. I, I imagine it's, so. The air goes through the grill and then over the hood. A little bit of a downforce. There's probably some sort of cooler or something going on in there. Um, which is kind of cool. The uh, the front track, I believe, is wider by 1.9 inches, and uh, and the back even more so. Um, it's got front and rear spoilers, diffusers, adjustable. Uh, uh, the front diffuser is adjustable with four different settings. You can produce anywhere from 50% to 150% uh, increase in downforce, um, depending on uh, how you want it set. The car rolls on 20s. Uh, it's got 20s in the front, 21s in the rear. It's interesting because we always thought about racing going, gosh, why would you race on a 20-inch, you know? And uh, one is the the brake clearance. And two, uh, Brad owning a wheel company, uh, you know more better than anybody. The rollout. But, and then the contact patch, you can only go so wide, Right. But if right. you increase the diameter, now it starts to spread that footprint. You could put a massive three thirty-five inch tire on there, but if you had a three thirty-five that was twenty-seven inches in diameter, and you had a three thirty-five that was thirty inches in diameter, that thirty-inch diameter is going to get a bigger footprint, right? Yeah, you get that more rollout. You know, if you if you ever look at those uh, diagrams they do the tire companies from below on water, yeah. you're going to see. A, absolutely what you said, Matt. And the other thing that I saw about this new body is that it's got that massive wing on the back. But if you look right below the taillights, they've extended the rear fascia out so that when that air comes off of it, there is um, like almost like a little duck lip right there for that air to push the rear down some more, it looks like, and to keep that dirty air from coming around and it probably cleans it all up, and that's how they're getting all that speed out of that. Car. It, it's it's amazing what they're trying to do with uh, with aero these days, and uh, uh, pretty interesting things about how we're able to do that without 
always having big wings. Now it's about, you know, that front splitter, the diffusers, and trying to get that car to suck itself down without a big wing. Of course, nobody has figured that out better than than Gordon Murray on his new T50 supercar with the fan where it sucks the air through. Exactly. Uh, and it pushes the car down. He doesn't have a big wing on it. And that fan... That fan can create downforce at lower speeds because it's not relying on just the speed of the car to push air over the top. It, it creates its own air. Yeah, is, that car sucks. Um, so uh, a few more specs. So it's got two twenty-five uh, uh, wheels in the uh, tires in the front, three fifteens in the rear. Um, still, uh, uh, you know, pretty lightweight carbon fiber hood, carbon fiber rear wing, rear spoiler. Um, uh, lighter weight glass, lighter weight wheels. Um, and uh, I think it comes in at just over 3,100 pounds. And it's just hard to think that these days in a modern car with safety features and airbags and ABS and and you know, all the stuff we got to do, you, you can get into that, into that range. And the seats are awesome too. Great looking seats in the car, the interior, everything – you know, they maximized everything, but Porsche always does. They so do. this is a tough one, though, because you can get the the racing, you know, the 26-pound carbon fiber seats that look cool, but I don't know how comfortable they're going to be. I, I drove the 765 McLaren. You drove the 765 as well, right? Did you drive the, Yeah. 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 And there, it's and a it's, weird. It's, got, it's not as comfortable as the 720. Yes. But, Oh man, it, it, I mean, you've, it, you know, there's no sound deadening like the 720. There's not, but there's just something about that visceral, just kind of race car. I mean, you know, we're driving it for a week. Uh, maybe if it was the only car we had and we drove it every day, I don't know who has one of those for only car, but uh, it's, uh, I don't know, there's something cool about it. It, it is. I think I'd get the 765 for the regular seat. <laughs> you know? Um, all right. So here's the good bits. It's the four liter flat six naturally aspirated engine. It's got individual throttle bodies on it. So hopefully they show it off a little bit. You get to see it's cool because it's naturally aspirated. You don't need the big intercooler above it. So it's got ITBs on it. Um, and they're saying it's basically the same engine they use in their GT3 cup car. And this engine is 502 horsepower, 346 pound-feet of torque. That's only eight horsepower and one pound-feet of torque less than the cup car engine. So when they say it's probably the same cup car engine, you think that sounds like that's pretty much right there. Um, A dry sump oiling system in a 9,000 RPM red line. And as much fun as this car is to tool around Beverly Hills, and I can't imagine how great it is on the racetrack. Like I just it was in the previous GT3, and it seemed awesome. But uh, you know, like we said, uh, you can get it with the PDK, or you can get it with the six-speed manual. The PDK does zero to sixty in three point two seconds. And top speed is one hundred and ninety-seven miles an hour. Now, again, keep in mind this is meant to be. The lighter weight, naturally aspirated variant of the Porsche 911. You can go get the Turbo S; it probably does zero to sixty in two and a half seconds, but that's a different animal uh, than, than this. Um, I don't know where pricing comes in. I, assuming there's a sticker price, and, and I don't know about ordering and markups. Uh, it should be I, I around one hundred fifty thousand, I think. Right? Uh, well, no, I heard that it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, good, safe bet. 
Um, all right. So anything else on the uh, on the on the Porsche GT3 ceramic brakes, sixteen point one inch front rotors, fifteen point four reader. Now you know why you need twenty inch wheels. <laughs> exactly, and and I can't imagine they probably got uh, six caliper, you know, front and rear. I imagine, and uh, the brake job on that car is going to be tremendous when you go to put new brakes on it. It's uh, yes, but but the argument is like when we spoke to uh, to uh, Dan um, Sandberg at Brembo, he was saying the idea of the carbon ceramic brakes is much longer life. Like you don't really have to do the rotors like like you would as often. You know, they basically consider that almost a lifetime brake, considering how many miles you put on the car anyway. Yeah. Now brake pads may be a different issue. Yeah, but you know. You can probably handle that if you've uh, ponied up for the car. I just, I'm wondering, you know, we look at all the press photos and I wonder if the stance they're showing us there is for photography or does it actually sit that much lower? Because it just looks, I mean, the gap from the top of the tire to the fender lip is, is minimal. And I love that look because we all go for that in the aftermarket. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that more and more. It used to be you'd see a press photo, the car would be slammed, and then you get it, and it's got a three- or four-inch gap, you know. But uh, now with the performance adjustments and all the computer tuning, they can do so much more. And it's uh, it, 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 the car looks dynamic. It way. does. Now, keep in mind that a lot of these initial uh, photos that we're seeing are CGI. <laughs> As I said. Yeah. Photos. <laughs> That you know looks so awesome. Um, I'll tell you what. I want to talk about the uh, the McLaren announcement as well. But first, let's just take a quick break. Valentine's Day in Hell, the second iteration of Audio Ups in Hell franchise. First, Halloween in Hell, most downloaded scripted musical podcast of all time, features a spooky holiday story with brand new music from today's biggest hit makers and social media stars. Stars me. As the devil, yours truly, Adam Carolla, centers on the pressures and expectations of Valentine's Day with a satirical view of social media influencers, hype houses, and 80s and 90s teen horror flicks. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Valentine's Day in hell. Check it out. All right, guys. So I wanted to talk about the uh, the new McLaren as well, right? So McLaren had an announcement, and... We talked about in the past how McLaren was making a move toward uh, hybrid uh, technology. It's not going to be exclusively EV, probably not for a while. But the use of hybrid technology to, uh, of course, overall to be a more fuel-efficient uh, brand, but uh, but the use of hybrid technology for the benefit of performance has always been very interesting, like we've always said. Um, and uh, that's exactly what McLaren is doing. Excuse me. They're no stranger to it because they've done this with the McLaren P1, but they announced the uh, the Artura. This is the first in uh, their new series of of hybrid supercars. And I I will start with this. No more V8 engine. It's going to have a V6 engine. But before you balk at that idea, keep in mind oh, that that we on. all we all love the 4 GT, and that's a V6 engine, right? Um, uh, so this is what we've we figured out is it it 
it looks sort of like a nipped and tucked sort of revised version of their sports car series. Their 570s, their 620s. Um, uh, I actually like the line on the side. There's like a harder crease that goes into the side vent, um, which is pretty cool from a design point. Uh, I think it 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 looks it looks good. The car underneath, though, is almost entirely new. New new suspension, new drivetrain, new uh, everything. Um, but this is how they're going to handle the uh, the powertrain, if you will. Now, we talked about they've been developing this all-carbon fiber tub and the new version that supports a hybrid technology, packs a motor and packs a, a battery pack uh, all in there, which you couldn't do on the previous car because of the shape of the tub. This is all new. So the new engine is a twin-turbo 3-liter V6. It's a 120-degree angle V6. And the, the turbos are nestled up in the V of the engine. So in the top where the intake would normally be, right? That's where the engines are going. Of course, it's dry sump oiling, and it has an 8,500 RPM red line. Now, the gas engine alone makes 577 horsepower and 431 pound-feet of torque. That's just on the twin-turbo V6. And it does this at 110 pounds lighter than the previous twin-turbo V8 which I think is a 4-liter V8, right? So the smaller engine, lighter weight, which helps compensate for the added weight of the battery. So there is an electric motor. It's a 94-horsepower and 166-pound-feet uh, electric motor. I believe it's attached to the transmission. I don't know if you read anything about this, Brad, but uh, this is still a rear-wheel drive car. Right. Right. Un- unlike the NSX with electric motors on the front, in, in terms of yeah, the new when we drove the NSX, that has the motors up front and it's you know supplementing. But the McLaren, I believe it is. You're absolutely right. It's still um, attached to the transmission, giving it that extra boost. There. Right. So it allows them to use a single motor attached to the transmission. I want to say either the P1 or the La Ferrari or both did something similar, right? And yeah. uh, so it's still rear wheel drive. Uh, they're able to move the weight where they want, better balance. Um, the total horsepower combined now is 671 horsepower. And uh, the battery is a 7, 7.4 kilowatt battery. Um, and th- the electric motor itself can provide up to 19 miles of just pure EV mode. But as we've said before, the idea of Hey, can you take a small displacement, high-revving turbo engine like this 3-liter V6, put it in a supercar, but then use the electrification to fill in that low RPM gap, fill in that turbo lag? That's exactly what McLaren is saying. They're saying, we launched this thing on electric power, and in the blink of an eye, this engine is already winding up, and it, it seamlessly fills that gap and gets it going um, now that instantaneous torque, it's almost like you've got a, a push truck behind you giving you that pop out of the, you know, out of the gate. So, yeah. Now it doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean the gas engine kicks in at 60 miles an hour. It just means it's running and it's obviously moving the car, Right. but at 571 horsepower on the gas engine, you need quite a bit of RPM just to get the 300 horsepower of it, right? Like you're at 50 RPM, you know, 50 horsepower, 100 horsepower, and that electric motor is filling it in with that low speed torque, right? Because the torque, 
and, you know, forget that it's whatever, 90 something horsepower. It's the 161 pound feet of torque, 166 pound feet of torque at zero RPM, basically, right? Like you get that full torque. It fills that gap, which is one of the things I kind of liked about the NSX, right? They did a pretty good balance of that car. Yeah. And, and I, I'm still fascinated with that car. I absolutely love that car. It's still one of my favorite, like around town supercars. That's you know, an everyday supercar. You can literally make that your daily driver. The, the only feature it needs it doesn't have is a front axle lift. Yeah. Oh man, I can't agree with you. <laughs> you know, but I, you know, one of the one of the things that that bugs me more on some cars than others, but it's the start stop feature that's uh, you know at every stoplight or, or you know or. Uh, you know, and the engine shuts down and it's got to fire up again. And, um, you know, on the bigger engine cars, the high performance cars, actually this, the McLaren, the 765, you and I were both driving that engine shuts off and then you hear it rod and it just comes up loud. And you're like, gosh, it's so loud. it's not as seamless. What's interesting is the NSX, when you pull up to a stoplight, it shuts the engine down. It's in EV mode. So as soon as you let off the brake, it does creep forward. And then it it seamlessly gets that engine fired up in its own time when it needs to. And that is the best, one of the nicest. I never turn off the start-stop feature in the NSX because you don't need to. And, yeah, and things like the Jaguars that I drove, I just drove the F-Type. Uh, the F Type R, five hundred seventy five horsepower, and the McLaren. You got to turn that stupid thing off uh, because it's just it's startling, and it feels like it's not going fast enough, like it's not firing up quick enough. And uh, I, I don't know. It just I think because when you hear it more, supercars think you stalled the car at the intersection, and you're I know firing it back up. And you know, but the but the other thing when you talk about the lift that that car was missing, that the McLarens, of course, have the one car that. Um, I drove lately is the new uh, Corvette and the Corvette Mm -hmm. has that, but it also has a GPS feature that remembers. So like when I pull into my driveway at home, it remembered that the last time I hit the button. So when I pull up to it, it starts lifting it about, you know, 600 feet away. So I don't have to stop and go, Oh, and you know, that is a, an interesting feature that Chevrolet put on that car that could be on every. That's going to roll out on every on yeah. every car with a front axle lift. That's going to start to roll out for sure. I thought that was such a neat idea when you were talking about it before on shift and steer that it actually works. Like the system actually works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought was um, I thought was was kind of fantastic. So uh, on the McLaren, so the engine and the, and the electric motor they're paired to an eight speed dual clutch. Uh, essentially, it's automatic transmission. Um, another interesting thing is they're trying to cut weight because they're adding the power, they're adding the battery and the electric motor. So they the smaller gas engine, and then in the transmission itself, they've removed all the rear, um, the reverse gears. And they said, well, we don't need reverse gears because we have an electric motor. So actually, when you put the car in reverse, it just uses the electric motor and it just spins the motor backwards. So that's, that's amazing because think all the weight. I mean, they're always looking for every ounce. So they remove those gears. They've just removed a couple pounds probably. If you're thinking about it, yeah. yeah. Not to mention a couple of pounds that you have to spin. So now when you're talking about putting power to the ground, like, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're going to move weight, 
around where do you want it? You know, lighter drive shaft, lighter wheels, right? Like suspension beads, uh, 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 pieces, you know, things. That right there sums up what I've always been so impressed with McLaren is that they take their racing engineering from Formula One and everything like that, and they put their thinking caps on and they just, you can just see those guys. They must just sit there and noodle around. How can we change this a little bit different? And one of those engineers go, well, hey, uh, only they say it with an English accent, I'm sure. <laughs> they say, hey, we've got an electric motor. We just reversed the current. The car's going to go backwards. And they go, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, it's awesome. I love yeah. that thinking process. I'm sure the pitch meeting was like, here's an idea. Let's eliminate reverse. <laughs> somebody goes okay well i'm listening but what else do you got and they're like oh well we got to go backwards somehow um all right so what does this all mean this is what it means a new mclaren hybrid that only weighs 3300 pounds it does zero to 60 in three seconds and it's still rear wheel drive not all wheel drive right a top speed of 205 miles an hour and this is basically their entry-level version of this new technology. So we're going to start to see this thing get pretty crazy when you get into their hypercar series. This is essentially their sports car series. The base price is going to start about $225,000. Um, oh, and uh, lots of interior upgrades, including Apple CarPlay, because we literally just drove another one. But it's like, how do you not have CarPlay or Android Auto? Like a Ford Fiesta has all that. Like you can get in, in everything. Uh, well, I don't think you can get a Ford Fiesta anymore, but it, when you did, it even had CarPlay. That was years ago. <laughs> um, all right. So before we wrap things up, I, there's a couple of things I want to touch on. But before we do, a word from our friends at Geico. Uh, you guys can own your home or you rent your home, and we know that it can be a lot of work. Uh especially uh, around the house, keeping things maintained. But you know what's easy? It's bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And we all know that's a good thing because you have so much to do around your home already. So just go to GEICO.com and get a quote and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Anyway, so... Looking forward to the McLaren, looking forward to the GT3. Um, the uh, the trims, by the way, on the McLaren, there's going to be a base trim, a performance trim, a tech lux, and vision. Those are the four uh, trim levels you'll be able to get uh, on, on that car. Um, interesting stuff. So also – Vision. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, moving along, there's been some talk in the news about Stellantis, this new company that has acquired. You know, I think it's uh, uh, it's not Subaru. It's a Renault. I think it's Renault and Dodge Chrysler. You know, Ram and the whole thing. And they're saying, "Hey, we're doing away with the SRT division." We're like, "Why? That's the." Seems like a pretty good money maker. So much press, everything. The whole company is like, I want to see the SRT Jeep. Whatever I want to see the yeah. And, uh, and uh, I think people were losing their mind, going, "Why would you kill SRT? This is you know, this is the halo for all of these brands." And it turns out that um, it, I think it's just more of a manpower structure. All of the engineers on the SRT team. So SRT previously was actually a small group 
within the Chrysler family, Dodge, Ram, Chrysler. We're saying Chrysler um, as as the parent company. Uh, um, it's sort of a small kind of autonomous group that allowed them to to take the vehicles and you know make hot rod versions of them and and then work with Mopar and the crate engines and stuff. And they're saying, well, that little sort of small autonomous division is going to be broken up. We're not going to have that anymore. All of the engineers are going to move to different departments, but they're still going to essentially be doing the same things. So the SRT brand plate is still going to be around, at least for a while. And uh, and we will still have high-horsepower, high-performance vehicles coming from the company, just internally, it won't be the SRT SRT team, you know, getting together in one building and doing their thing. So, a little oh, bit of to sum it up, uh, bean counters have bought the company, and they're going to take all that synergy out and uh, ruin it. Yes, my, I mean, it's not it's not an unfair opinion. Does it take? some of the cool factor out of it, some of the, yeah. you know, I don't know, like, then again... You want to think of this little back room that's SRT that you just described, where it's like it's like black ops, and they're going, I know we're not supposed to make this car, but let's make it and just put it out there. And that's what they've always seemed like, you know? It's, yeah. uh, they did the stuff you didn't expect. Like, yeah, I I don't know. It's just like especially these days in this this pandemic world or even post pandemic world as we're hopefully leading into, uh, you know, very few people are going to offices again, and everything's a Zoom meeting, and and I I always kind of like the idea of like the four GT team or the Mustang team, you know, the Shelby division or the SRT group or even in the German brands like. You know, the M Power team at BMW, like, you know, even even if it's a big team, 100, 150 people, having them kind of be in one building and be able to sit down and brainstorm in a meeting and going, you know, hey, we're all going to take this field trip together to inspire, you know, or we're going to go to a racing event together. And now if you're like, I don't know, it's like, hey, half our team's in Germany and some are in England and some are in Detroit and some are in California and, and you know, we're going to go to like... I don't know. How do you get the team together for, you know, an HRA weekend in Pomona just for fun or something like that? Or how do you go to, you know, Dream Cruise or something just for inspiration or or do a field trip and hit M1, you know, uh, the track in Detroit? Just doesn't seem like that that camaraderie is there. I think of it more like the guy that came up with, let's say, the wide body. Okay, he's sitting there. And he's sketching those out and some guy comes in and he goes, Hey, um, you got to get the door handles for the minivans done and then you can work on them. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You're right. That's, that's exactly right. They're like those wide bodies don't make us money. Big guy. Uh, Those, uh, those Jeep door handles are making all the money. Go get that done. So anyway, a little bit of restructuring that's going on over there. So I guess we'll find out, um, uh, how that goes. Uh, and, and then uh, I don't know. I guess before we wrap it up, um, I got a, just a few things. Um, I've got I don't know how this windfall came in, but I've got something like seven or eight press cars coming up in the next couple of months. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I have the full list in front of me, but let's see. I just picked up the uh, Lexus NX three hundred H, is the small uh, Lexus SUV uh, hybrid. 
Um, I'm going to drive a VW Atlas, the VW SUV. I haven't driven that before. That's going to be kind of I've seen a few on the streets. Um, I'm going to pick up the Toyota Supra, which we drove previously, and then almost immediately they added like, I don't know, 50 extra horsepower. So I'm going to get the the new version of that. Um, I've got a Nissan Rogue, uh, an important vehicle for Nissan in their SUV department. That's coming up as well. Uh, I've got a Toyota TRD Pro, the new Toyota Tacoma uh, that's going to be coming up, um, heading into uh, April and March and April. And then the VW Airtion. Is it Airtion? Airtion? Uh, your guess is as good as mine on that one. Yeah. Uh, so I got that Maybe VW. Now, that all being said, there is one that I'm particularly interested in and kind of excited about, and uh, it's th- – Friday, this Friday, only for like two hours. What's that? Rain this Friday. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Hopefully not. I think it's going to be a clear day. Um, I've, uh, I'm going to go drive the Bugatti Chiron Pure Sport, and uh, and uh, just and, and they're like, you only get it for like two hours, and you got to bring the Bugatti performance driving instructor guy with you, you know. Uh, so you're not going to go alone and you got to have the guy ride shotgun with you and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I'm going to head out there. Actually, um, Brad, you and I are going to record shift and steer on Friday morning. Those shows usually air on Tuesdays. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, as soon as we wrap that, I'm going to head out to uh, Beverly Hills and meet up with the Bugatti guys and, and drive the, uh, drive the Bugatti Chiron, Ch- Chiron, Chiron. Yeah, they. Sharon? Yeah, they've been. I've been seeing that one out. They've been. Uh, they've been doing the press car thing with that. And I'm glad you got one because I want to. I want to know what it's like because um, I've ridden in in older Bugattis, but I've never driven one, so it's interesting. So I, I, what I'm hearing at this point is, listen, it's it's actually not that tough to make a car fast. We can add horsepower to stuff, you know, but how do you do it in a refined? Excuse me, in a refined environment and what i've been told this bugatti this new bugatti is one of the most amazing vehicles like like you can get in it have it be docile drive it around town and then i don't know if it's just hitting the throttle or changing the different modes and configurations of the car and then it just turns into such an animal that I understand it does four-wheel burnouts because it's all-wheel drive. I think it just has so much power, upwards of like 1,500 horsepower we're talking about here, I think. There's a uh, pit crew that follows you around for the price tag. They're in a van. You pull up. You hit the button. It goes up on air jacks. They come out. They do their stuff, and then you flip away in the race mode. You know, it, what's interesting is is when the Veyron came out, I, I had some gripes, like not that I've uh, – driven one but just sort of the idea of ownership of a veyron right um our buddy craig jackson has one uh he didn't buy it new he got it at auction and 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 even the one he got somebody like drove it back and forth to like palm springs and vegas and stuff so it was just like pitted with like rock chips and the glass and all that stuff i i remember talking to craig jackson and he's like he's like i did the paint and everything he goes but it didn't change the bugatti emblem or uh, because it was too expensive. And I don't even know if he did the front glass at the time because it was very expensive. But he was saying it's like, you know, like doing the brakes, like a brake and rotor, like a whole thing. It's like $30,000, you know? Oh, yeah. Tires. Because the tires that came on them 
were made and for that car. A transporter, send it over here to have the tires. Cause if you do it yourself, all bets are off. And, uh, and he was telling me the tires were like 20,000 bucks. Cause they're only for that car. It's, it's crazy. I, I remember talking to the guys at, uh, at the Peterson museum and, and, don't quote me on the exact price, but they have a Veyron. It was actually one of the last cars that I think Mr. Peterson bought before he uh-huh. before he died. And they couldn't open the door because the battery had died. And the battery's like in the front, tucked into like the front bumper, like behind the front splitter. And it's a pain in the ass to get to. And the battery for it is like $1,700. Yeah, <laughs> and when they went in there and they took the battery out, it just says Volkswagen on it. It's got a VW battery in it, <laughs> and uh, you know because obviously they own Bugatti, but they didn't even. They're like for seventeen hundred dollars, I want a sticker over the VW sticker that says Bugatti. Yeah, no, you know, I just want to know that it has a Bugatti battery in it. But it's just if it's a Jetta battery that you're charging seventeen hundred dollars for. It kind of takes the wind out of your sails. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, well, wait, wait a minute, you know. And then I, I don't know. I, I've always argued, you know, at the time you're spending what 1.7 million for the for the car. I think this Bugatti Pure Sport that I'm driving, I think the base is like 3.4 or 3.6, and it even has a few options. And anyway, the guys that have been driving are saying this car is basically four million dollars, right? Maybe if you're yeah. just adding tax, at four million dollars. If you said, hey, the car's $4 million, or if you said, hey, the car's $4.1 million, if you're spending that much money, how worried are you about the extra hundred grand? And the reason why I bring this up is, you know, at 3.6, or the difference between 3.6 and 3.8, like if you have the car, you want the car. If you said the Bugatti is $3.6 million, but the battery's seventeen hundred bucks, and the tires are five thousand dollars, and the and the brakes are thirty thousand dollars. But if you said, "Hey, the car's three point eight million, and everything's included in the price of the car for as long as you own it," wouldn't you rather just pay the three point eight million? Uh, you know, pay a couple extra hundred grand up front and not have to worry about it. Just that peace of mind, that lack of frustration, going. Is it a ploy to get people? Here's a question for you, Brad. Is it a ploy to get people to not really drive the car as much? No, you know what? I have an opinion on this because <laughs> I know people that can afford these type of cars, and and I've talked to them about their private jets. And it's strange when you get to a certain point. It's about keeping your money, okay? It's not a, and they want them. But they also want to, you know, like, like um, I know a couple of people have bought private $30 million jets and they complain about how, and they charged me a million dollars because I wanted Wi-Fi, yeah. you know, and it's, like, <laughs> and it's like, it's like you just spent 30 million. So another million to have Wi-Fi was that that big a deal, you know, but yeah, it was. And so when you break it down to a car, that's 3 million and it's a hundred thousand for this or whatever. I, it's weird. It's, it's a strange deal. It's just like the conversation we have with Craig about where he pointed out all the expenses that went with yeah, that car, yeah. but it didn't stop him from buying another one. Now he's got his and hers, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it, it, it's a strange mindset. And, I, uh, but, but you know, it's, it's always the 
It's the cost after the fact that stings way more. When you're yeah. sitting down with the Bugatti team or Aston Martin team or Ferrari team and you're designing your car and you're building it and you're going, all right, fine, I want the performance pack and I want the Alcantara and I want, you know, I'm going to spend 15 grand to get the logo stitched in the headrest. It's still kind of fun up front. But then later, when you go, oh, I drove my Bugatti for the, you know, I hit the track for 90 seconds and now I, I had to do a $30,000 brake job. I, I want to check that box off on my initial order when you're happy, going, everything's included. No, I, I agree. I, that's what I think is so cool about some of the new Ferraris where all maintenance and if even brakes, if you don't go on the track, even brakes are included. And you know, like somebody from Ferrari told me once, you're buying a uh, warranty and the car's included, you know, because it's... <laughs> That's uh, a good point with the Ferrari, yeah, for sure. Exactly, yeah. you know, and it's... Um, but I I knew a guy um, who bought a brand new Rolls Royce down in Florida, and he was telling me the story about how the first time he took it in, he said, oh, yeah, just go through it, do whatever it needs. And he came back and he had a $28,000 bill. And he was like, what? <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> You know, he, he goes, I, I can afford it, but I didn't expect it. And that was what it was. He didn't right. expect it. Yeah, that's the nutty part. Uh, all right, we're going we're gonna to wrap things up. Uh, Brad, a shout out to what you guys are doing over there, making wheels. How's Bond Speed Wheels doing? Bond Speed Wheels, we're on fire. Everybody's staying home from going on vacations and buying wheels. We're, you know, making, you know, of course, we make them all built to order. So they're all uh, bespoke, everything from... Uh, hot rods to Ferraris, trucks, everything we do them. Thanks how, for how many that. Ford Lightning sets of wheels have you made? Oh my gosh! Well, we made one really trick set for uh, Matt DeAndrea, <laughs> and uh, a lot of other ones for other guys. They just didn't step up for that that you know that uh, factory look with a bigger diameter. But yeah, check us out at uh, on Instagram at Bondspeed Wheels or BondspeedWheels.com on the net, and uh, of course you can find me and follow me at Bradley underscore Fanshawe on Instagram. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, follow him there. And uh, you can follow me at Motorator on uh, all social media. I'm going to post up uh, the sketch of this mezzanine and a couple other things as we, uh, we build out the Matt Cave. Cool. <laughs> um, and uh, hopefully uh, Bill is starting to thaw out and, uh, and his animals are doing well and they're thawing out. We'll check in with him next week. Brad, thanks so much for joining us. I know it was last minute. I appreciate it. And uh, if you guys liked uh, even a little bit of this, uh, hop on over to Shift and Steer. It's shiftandsteer.com. It's our podcast there with Aaron Hagar as well. And uh, you can get that on iTunes. Of course, it's part of the family over here at Corolla Digital. So we appreciate you guys checking that out. It's shiftandsteer.com. Until next time, uh, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. of hell.
Delta scrolls through Instagram and TikTok, looking for fresh souls to enslave. Yo, 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 what's up, my gents? It's your boy, Jaden Extra, here with some... Who are these people? Easy pickings for possession, your lord darkness. <sighs> they are truly unbearable. I believe they refer to themselves as influencers. Do you have anyone particular in mind? Hmm... Money, money, money! Kim! <laughs> My numbers are way down, babe. Uh, I need to change it up. Didn't you see that Halloween video Machine Gun Kelly made with the devil? He's like huge now, all because he sold his soul to the devil. This could be my big chance. I'm not having this conversation. It's wrong, Jaden, and it's evil. I'm done with the drama, Fem. Just leave, all right? And you're not coming to Cabo with me. I hate you! Hey, y'all, it's Beth. What's up, it's Jaden. What's up, it's Carly Hansen. Hey, y'all, it's Oliver Tree. Yo, what's going on? It's Ian Dior, and we all know Valentine's Day is the most romantic time of the year. Whatever. My friends and I are about to turn the whole holiday upside down in our new scripted holiday series, Valentine's Day in Hell. Are you familiar with the work of Anton LaVey? Is he on TikTok? No, he's not on TikTok, you dumbass. Anton Zandor LaVey. He's the dude who founded the Church of Satan. I'm starting to fear that maybe you're messing with powers that are far beyond your cognitive comprehension, Jaden. I got it, bro. I've seen a version of this movie 20 times. You're like the badass demon hunter, and I'm just some little jit who is messing around with things he doesn't understand. And in the end, I'll get all messed up, and it will be up to you to, like, save me. First, we spent Halloween in Hell. Now, you're invited to be a part of our next musical podcast from our In Hell series. This time around, the devil is playing games with all of our hearts, trying to ruin our Valentine's Day plans by dragging us down to the fiery inferno in the deepest depths of hell. Demons. Place a hood over Jaden and escort him to hell. This is your fault, Oliver. I know Jaden came to you for help. Satan has picked Jaden for some reason. Now it's up to us to make this right. So who's with me? I'm with you, Oliver. I'll go. What about you, sad girl? I'll kill some people if that's what you want. Then that leaves you, Clappy. Count me in, Oliver. Besides, I ain't got nothing to do might as well spend my Valentine's Day in hell. In each episode, you're going to hear new original music from artists like Ian Dior, Jaden, Carly Hansen, and me, Fem. Subscribe to the Valentine's Day in Hell podcast for full episodes, bonus material, and original music. This February, check out Valentine's Day in Hell. Brought to you by Audio Up and Podcast One. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.